What do you get when you cross a dungeon crawl with a game of chicken? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week we're shining the game spotlight on a little something we like to call Welcome to the Dungeon. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Amanda McKnight. Hey there. And Mikhail Anarides. Hello. And we are going to be talking about a recent import. This is another one of these uh, Japanese minigames in the spirit of Love Letter and so on. Minimal components, maximum gameplay. Uh, Masato Isugi designed this one. It was originally called The Dungeon of Mandom. Mm-hmm. And Yellow recently republished it as Welcome to the Dungeon. Uh, Mikhail, did you ever see The Dungeon of Mandom game? I never got to actually try it. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the Dungeon is strict mechanical upgrade to it. Okay, so it's, it's the same game with... Well, what are the differences? Well, um, Dungeon of Mandom only has one character. It's the same deck, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, same items for the warrior character in Welcome to the Dungeon. Um, Welcome to the Dungeon adds a art overhaul and three other characters who have um, different items that work differently when entering the dungeon. So it's everything that Dungeon of Mandom has plus more. Yes, Excellent. Uh, Amanda, have you had the chance to try uh, Welcome to the Dungeon? Yes, I love this game. It has become my new little travel game. Uh, I've actually, I usually carry Love Letter around with me. I've been throwing my Love Letter back on the shelf to take Welcome to the Dungeon with me. You I, take I, both. Uh, you could take both. They're both small. but mm. um, uh, Plus, the other thing, too, is every time I teach it to anybody, I get so excited. I go and get the box, and I'm like, we've got Welcome to the Dungeon, and then I like slap <laughs> it down. Every um, person so. I've mentioned the name to has made the same joke. Y- you have to. I, I have a 100% rate, like it just, 9 or 10 people. <laughs> it just works. Yeah. It's just great. It's just something that's that's very exciting that people can get excited about. It's really simple to teach, really simple to play, really quick. Um, you can play a bunch of games in it in no time at all. The pitch that I've been using so far, and I'm still trying to refine this, is you're basically bragging to the other people here. It's like, I could kill a dungeon with three monsters in it. I could kill a dungeon with four monsters in it. I could kill four monsters and not even bring my shield with me. I could kill four monsters with no shield and no torch. I could kill five monsters with no shield. <laughs> Eventually, people say, you know what? No, no, no. no I, I'm, I'm not doing Go that. ahead. You, you I'd go. love to see you try. And then, and then that whoever's left, everybody else is chickened out. That one person actually has to go in. And if they survive, they get a point. And if they die, they get a wound. Two wounds, you're out. Two points, you win. That's the game. Mm-hmm. And that, is, that, that pitch has done actually really well. It's sort of zeroing in on the people who are going to like it, and which is turning out to be quite a lot of people. Um, so what does it look like when you've got it set it on the table? The box is really little, right? It's only like four inches by six inches? Yeah, yeah it's very like small. Um, it's basically you've got uh, one hero spread out um, with the hero their weapons that they're bringing with them, their armor that they're bringing with them, um, any armor uh, that they have will give them any hit points that they get. Some of the things they're bringing with them will allow them to defeat different monsters. And other than that, you've got a couple different stacks of the characters that'll be sort of waiting in the background there. That's because later in the game, you will have an opportunity to switch out the heroes that you're playing with, and then you're just going to have a bunch of monster cards. And that's about it. So to start with, uh, usually we're going to have the, the warrior. Yeah, right? he's the most. Yeah, basic he's player. the basic one. Easiest one to teach with. So you've got you've got a little warrior tile, which is what about uh, two inches by one and a half it's inches. It's very small, yeah, very very uh, but compact, really brightly colored. Game. Yeah, yeah. And he's got six little pieces of blue equipment laid out there. Yep. Uh, and the the art in this game is so bright and colorful and yeah. cheerful. A yellow house style. It's very very pretty. And uh, then we've got uh, a stack of face down dungeon cards with a picture mm-hmm. of a foreboding dungeon entrance. So what are people doing in this game? What's what, what do we see somebody doing? On their turn, they pick up a card. 
and they can either add that card to the ever-growing dungeon or they can remove that card from the round along with one of the items that the current adventurer is holding. Um, as such, it's really, no matter what they're doing, they're making the dungeon harder. But you can also pass on your turn, which means that you are not having any more of this, no longer involved in the like, No way, I'm not going in there. No way. I'm not going in there. Yep. And the last player to pass is forced to go through the dungeon minus the items that were taken away, um, and plus all of the monsters that were added in by other people and themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, usually what you'll see when you're watching people play is you'll see people kind of counting the cards that are in the dungeon and looking at all the things that people took, rereading the abilities that they have left, um, and then going in and grabbing a card and kind of puzzling as they look at it and deciding whether or not they should put it in. Can I take this thing? Yeah, can, can I, I Can I handle this? Should I can put I... it? Do I take the... Oh, maybe you I gotta take have the a stone face. Should I have drawn yeah. this Otherwise, card in the yeah, first yeah. place? Was it a bad yeah. idea for unless, me to not Unless, pass? of course, you're playing with Mikhail, who's probably just going to like just go for it, and you have no idea what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, he's stone cold. Stone he's cold, just... yeah. <laughs> so as the game goes on, everybody's going to take a turn, and the dungeon is going to get more and more and more inhospitable, either because people are adding more monsters to it or people are taking away the adventurer's equipment. Now, eventually, somebody's going to go in because everybody else has said, no, forget it, forget it, not doing it. What is that one person going to do at the end there when when they're the last one who's in? They're going to take the stack of cards. Um, That stack of cards is anywhere from one to... All of the deck. Just all the monsters yeah. that people have put in the dungeon. <laughs> and they're going to run through it from top to bottom, one by one. They'll start flipping these cards over. Right. What, what are they, they going to see? So uh, they're going to see monsters with different attack values. So um, you, your hit point marker or player reminder sheet also doubles as um, an indicator of what monsters are in the dungeon, their strengths, and what items uh, you could have that automatically dispose of them. Um, so you go into the dungeon, and if you can automatically dispose of a monster, for example, you have the Holy Grail that banishes all undead, uh, and you encounter a skeleton, then boom, that skeleton has vanished. Right. So as long as nobody took away the Holy Grail. Yes, as long as nobody took away the Every grail. skeleton, every vampire, every ghost that you run into is just toast. Yes, mm-hmm. but if somebody did take away that grail, you're going to take some damage. Um, you have an amount of hit points equal to your character's base hit points plus... Any items so that like may the still thing is like a three, three hit points, and then yep. there's some equipment which can make that get better. Like there's a shield that gives you plus three. There's a suit of armor that gives you plus five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can take the hit, then great, keep going. So yeah, that you don't have the Holy Grail, but you do have some armor. So that skeleton swings, and it's a, it has a big number two on it. So yeah. that means it hits you for two. Exactly. So are you dead yet? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next monster. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to happen until all the monsters in the dungeon have been looked at. Um, if you are still alive. Awesome. Here's a thumbs up for you. You did great. One more and you win. If you didn't, better luck next time. You're going to flip over to your red side, and if you get hurt one more time, it's over. Sorry. Uh, but only for you. But only for you. Yeah. Yes. This, this is a player elimination game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's win, first to win two rounds or last person standing. So you can win either being, if, if everybody else is really, really aggressive, you can win by being more prudent. Yes. Mm-hmm. If everybody else is really prudent, you can win by being more aggressive. Exactly that. That's right. Um, I've found that with people I teach it to, they tend to skew more towards the former in that they're like, draw a card, yeah, draw a card, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so I win generally just by staying back and like waiting until there's only me and another person left and then going into the dungeon when it's pretty manageable, actually. Another great way to win is just by taking stuff away and terrifying people. That's a great, that's a great mm-hmm. tactic. That's what I like to do. I like to take all the armor or weapons away from my hero Um, Take as many stuff as I think I can afford to until people are like, 
how are you going to do that? Why That's not you, possible. Why would you do that? Why You're a monster. You, why would you take that away? We needed the dragon spear. What if there's a dragon in there, you know? Why would you take away the holy grail that kills so many things? Taking away the dragon spear is particularly hilarious. It's very funny There's move. only one dragon in the deck, but it does nine damage. It can kill you all by itself. Mm-hmm. And so it means the moment anybody takes the dragon spear away from the warrior, everybody stops. <laughs> kind of a little like, ooh. What yep. did you just put in the deck? Yep. Yeah. One of the best, yeah, take it away as your second play of the game and people just start sweating. <laughs> they freak. Yeah. And the great thing to do is either take it away and then you have the dragon, so you save the dragon from going in the dungeon and took the dragon spear, or to just like take out like a skeleton, mm. take the dragon spear and then pass on your next turn and hope the dragon's in there and someone has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And here's another fun fact. All those monster cards that you've been looking at and either putting into the dungeon or setting aside, the other players don't get to see those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, face down. So you can remember a little bit about what's going into the dungeon, but you can't remember everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the question of what the other players are doing, how horrific they're making this, <laughs> like maybe they're sneaking just wimpy little monsters in there because they're hoping that you're going to check it out. Or maybe they're putting the big stuff in there, hoping to goad you into putting in one more so they can back on and say, ha ha, sucker. Even your description yeah. of it's making me want to pass right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are it's not just this warrior with the dragon spear and holy grail and shield and armor and stuff. There's actually four different characters that you can play as in this game. We've including got, the warrior. Including the warrior. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the warrior is the, the easiest one to start with. The others do other things. Do you guys have a favorite? My favorite is the rogue, as is in most RPG games that I play <laughs> you like ever to be in sneaky. my life. I love being sneaky. The invisibility cloak is hands down. My it's favorite thing. so strong. It's so good. Probably Plus, you get the ring of power. The ring of power allows you to actually eat monsters that are two strength or lower and like engulf their HP into you. Get health so back. So you get health from eating monsters. Healing midway through is not an easy thing. The barbarian does a little bit of that. Yeah. But the rogue does it by killing other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind you, if you take away the rogue's invisibility cloak, that's vulnerable a to a massive, yeah. massive swing. Because it kills all the biggest monsters. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, the rogue is kind of all all her items are, are what she she brings to the table. Take away her items, it's a little scary to go in a dungeon then. <laughs> the same is true for all the characters. Are. That's very true. What's your favorite? Um, personally, I like the mage. Mage is probably the most finesse character, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got like weird things that he does that nobody else even approaches. Um, for example, if you encounter a monster and the mage still has his polymorph scroll... He can turn that monster into a random draw, random, randomly drawn monster from the top of the dungeon deck. Which might be awesome. You might turn a dragon into a goblin. Or you yeah. could turn a skeleton into a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's great. Um, he also has the Omnipotence Scroll, which means that even if he dies in the dungeon, uh, once all the monsters have been looked at, if all of them are unique, there are no. There's duplicates of some of the weaker monsters, like dragon. Oh, sorry, like uh, golem, skeleton, etc. Uh, but if all of the monsters in the dungeon are unique, then the wizard wins anyways. It's just straight yeah. up yeah. win. Scroll yeah. is pretty awesome. I can never play with the mage because you have to try to calculate. You have to think about all these spells at once. Then if someone takes one thing away, you're counting on. I just find it so hard to do. I actually really it's like the really straightforward cool nature of the Barbarian. Uh, oh, yeah. Barbarian goes in, lays Mr. about, Smash. smashes things, yeah. and just takes it. It's like, whatever, go ahead, hit me. I'm just, yeah. I don't care. He just takes the damage. And his character and art doesn't even, he has like no armor on. He, exactly. does, he doesn't need it. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got his giant pecs. He's what, got else, his, what else does he need? He's got his axe, he's got his hammer. <laughs> All good. 
Um, speaking of, sorry, you mentioned earlier in the episode how um, there is a recent wave of like Japanese micro games, mm. and this is one of the best examples of Love Letter being also another great example. Uh, Seiji Kanai, and um, I can't recall his name right now, but the designer of Welcome, not Welcome to the Dungeon, Rumble in the Dungeon. Rumble in the Dungeon, right? Yeah. Um, and now the designer of Welcome to the Dungeon all make great games that fit into a tiny boxes that are playable within like 15, 20 minutes. Like it's pretty refreshing to see like what these guys are capable of and what they're going to be up to next. It's really cool. Um, I've been recommending this a lot at the cafe. It's been doing pretty well. Have you guys been uh, doing it there as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. This Our customers is... responding to it. How do they like it? Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of tables that are really enjoying it, both at the cafe and at the bar. Um, especially at the bar, I do think micro games are a good way to go when you're having a pint. Definitely of the best. Yeah, yeah. especially with the, the, the the bragging aspect. I think. Exactly, push it, like, Ooh, it yeah. really lends itself well mm. to a table full of people who are enjoying some libations. And if anyone <laughs> ever wants a quick game at either location, this game is great. I Welcome to the Dungeon itself, or Dungeon of Manum itself, is just a um, strict upgrade to a lesser-known Donald Baccarino title. Um, came out after he released Dominion, called mm. um, Gauntlet of Fools. That's the one. Right. Yeah, uh, and it's the exact same concept. Uh, I bet I can go into this dungeon with this amount of equipment, uh, with one arm tied behind my back and blindfolded. <laughs> and then you can go, you can try, great. And if you do, awesome. If you didn't, then too bad. Um, but that game, I found, suffered from being overly long and complex for what it was. It's not terribly hard, but it's still too long for just a, a game where you're trying to brag and psych out your friends. Uh, whereas Welcome to the Dungeon is just so succinct. We've, we kind of we've seem yeah. to have distilled it down to yeah. its essence of what makes that fun. And it mm. is very, very fun. Mm. Is there anybody who wouldn't like this game? Is there anybody who you wouldn't recommend it to? Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it to people who don't like um, push-your-luck-style games, people who don't like hidden information bluffing-style games, because it is a fair bit of both. Um, especially for players, for example, if I teach a table cockroach poker or skull uh, and they seem to not enjoy it or at least find it mediocre, then I'm not going to teach them Welcome to the Dungeon. Because sure, they, they're, they're going to want to play the game rather than play the other players that want to master systems and be good at stuff. Right. Yeah, people that like a lot of control uh, usually are not the type of people that would enjoy Welcome to the Dungeon. So, you know, if someone's playing, if they want a game that's, really I do this thing and then this happens and I know exactly what I'm going to do and I know exactly what's going to happen from my actions, then Welcome to the Dungeon is just not for them. All right, that's it for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the game spotlight, let us know on Facebook or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Amanda McHale, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. The Snakescast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on.